I don't know if you guys have heard about xfactorroping.com, but I highly suggest you check it out. We average about two hours of new footage per month. We have over 1,500 videos. All of our members, if you are a premium member of xfactorroping.com, you can get personal coaching for free with Charlie Crawford, Ryan Motes, and Buddy Hawkins. So guys that are out there roping for a living, doing it day in and day out, you can post videos and they can help you out with your roping. That is with our membership. For what we put into roping, that's a huge amount of value and a way to get something out of it all the time. Guys, it means so much to me that you support us and I, I just really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, welcome back to the X-Factor Roping Podcast. This is my second podcast with Peyton. We uh, just did a little filming today with you as well, so that was pretty fun, man. Thank you for being here. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. So, man, last time when we talked, uh, it was pretty fun to, to kind of get, you know, your outlook on life. Uh, I mean, definitely getting rolling into the open jackpots at that time and Man, it's been what was about a year and a half now since we've done our last podcast, and a lot has changed since then. So, uh, man, I just wanted to kind of talk to you about that and kind of some the progressions of things and how how you're kind of going about it. So, well, it uh, it happened a lot sooner than I thought it would. Like we talked about, like uh, me staying home. Uh, I guess I was a freshman in college, stayed home, amateur rodeoed, and you know we I talked about it. You know, fish in school first, within well, uh Got a pretty good opportunity to open with Eric Rogers and then kind of just said, heck with, heck with school. I'm still going. I'm going online. But I, uh, it dang sure changed a lot of things for me and gave me a lot of opportunities. So, uh, you know, still going to school, still trying to put that in the works. And then uh, roping with Eric this year was amazing. And then glad to get roped with him next year and just really looking forward to uh, starting off strong this year and making it, making it next year. Right. So, man, to kind of dive into it last winter is kind of that same plan. Is And with you, everything's pretty well planned out, I would say. You know, you're, you're the kind of guy that has structure with your heel horses, financial. I mean, everything is planned out from, you know, the practice to, to executing it at, at the ropens as well. So, last winter, it's, man, you're kind of, the deal is just basically looking to get your feet wet, right? Is that Was that the plan going into the winter? My, my goal was to... Uh... Uh, you know, everybody shows up at Odessa in January. You know, everybody's partnered up. Everybody's, you know, everybody's partnered up with different partners. And everybody wants to make the final. That's kind of everybody's goal. And then you kind of see how everything changes from, like, kind of Reno starts or even the spring, you know, kind of where everybody's out of the deal. You know, some people go home or, some, you know, it didn't have a very good winter. I wrote with Tanner Green, and me and Tanner were great friends, still are. He wrote great. He's over Rich Skelton this year. And me and him had heck. Right. Couldn't get nothing going. I mean, just had bad, just had bad luck, and uh, you know, wasn't doing very good. And you know, I mean, there's a lot of guys that don't have good winners. I mean, it happens to everybody. I mean, everybody has a slow winter, and, and then just kind of progress from there. Well, then the kind of spring come around, and uh, I was doing finally started doing it the jackpots. Eric and I did start doing it the jackpots, and then I think we went thirty thousand jackpot, and just this just this this winter kind of spring. And then it kind of transformed, and our run was looking good enough. And then he asked me to go. So, right. But I mean, my goal was honestly to win the kind of win the rookie deal, obviously, and then to make the finals. It really was my goal because I mean, I don't feel like I'm I'm gonna go into it halfway. You know, I'm just gonna kind of see how it goes. I don't like thinking like that. I want it to be all in, and uh, just it lucked out for me in the end. You know, it worked out good for me. But right. So. Man, what, what I think is kind of fun, too, is the heel horse that you ended up riding uh, for a lot of the summer. 
Um, your bay that you're just getting back now, he's been out for about a year and a half, right? Yes, sir. And so the the other hill horses you have that I think is an awesome, awesome hill horse. And one of the first places I seen you ride in was Fort Worth. I went over there to watch the score, and you're up mm-hmm. that night. And that son of a gun looked pretty good. Kind of tell yeah. me about that as far as you know, putting together a few good horses and how that those are kind of falling in place too. Yes, sir. I have my, my old sorrow horse. Uh, his name is Slider. I've rode him ever since he was a wingland, or not a wingland. I've had him since wingland, but I've rode him ever since he was three. He's been my good horse ever since he was five. And he's just been solid, steady. So, I mean, he's just been really good. He's a winner. I can catch on him every time. And he's probably not the fastest, probably not the biggest stopping, but he lets me catch. And then this, this winter, a good family friend of mine, Andy Weekly, uh, and Mark Weekly, asked me to ride this horse for him. And it was that dumb horse. He's got a Playboy bunny in his left jaw. I call him Hugh Hefner. Right. And, uh, First place I took him was Denver. Literally, I practiced on him twice, and then I called her. I said, how much you want for this horse? I bought the horse, and I took him to Denver the next day. So what was what was it about that horse? You're like, hey, this. Well, he's just super easy. I mean, he's got he's got everything. Like, I mean, he, he's easy, but he's got an e-brake kind of on the corner, and he squares up and lets me heal the steers fast. He's so good in the buildings and great in the winter. Right. And I, it was just, it was, a, it was a great feel. Like, you can't hardly get him pushing by one, and he just squares up on them steers so good. And it was, it, just, it was honestly, it was free. I can't believe I got him because it was like, I needed one kind of like that, and I got him, and it was just, fell right in my lap. It was crazy. Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we're just watching that horse go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first run I watched was Fort Worth, steer step left, header kind of reached, and it was just, it was one of those where most heel horses would just have a hard time getting there, mm-hmm. and you could still, and you got there easy, set the run up good finish and yeah. it made a good run and i was like man that, yeah. that son of a gun looks pretty dang yeah good. i i can't believe i got him so it was it was really good to have him right okay so you and eric uh pretty good friends and and he stayed up here with you and you guys have obviously roped a lot together yes sir and and i mean in my opinion that's one of the top five headers around i think that he has a ton of game um he's really really catchy at the rodeos that's what's so unique about that guy i think he turns a lot of steers at the rodeos yes sir and uh and I mean, coming off of, you know, his NFR world champ the year before, right? And mm-hmm. so you guys, at what point in time do you think, you're like, and we might actually end up roping together. When, when did that kind of like, how did that kind of start working out where you're like, <clears throat> oh, he's the guy I was only wanted, always wanted to go for. Right. Uh, ever since 2010, he stayed at my house. And, uh, you know, he used to pick me up from school and he... It was always, you know, he'd always come to the house and hang out and rope. And I just, I'd, I'd crave it. Like, I loved it. I, he'd text me when he was coming. I'd get a stalls ready. Like, I I just couldn't wait till Eric got to the house. And then he'd, he'd practice with us, ride a horse of ours, and he'd spin steers. And it's just like, every year I got a little bit better, a little bit better. And then finally he started taking the time events with him. And I didn't help. I just would help get horses ready and stuff. And then my senior year of high school, he thought he was good enough. And I helped for him my senior year of high school. Right. And I was, that was kind of a big opportunity for me. And then this year, I got to help him again. But uh, jackpot this year, I kind of think he was staying at the house. He knew I was getting my rope pretty good. And I kind of called him in to rope with me at San Angelo. And then we were up at San Angelo at that little barn, the jackpot after the slack. And we went third there. And it might be a little victory, but I was I was so excited to get to rope with him and then do good with him. And then the Lone Star shootout, uh, he had Caesar and I had Logan Olsen, and they both made a short round of Tucson. So me and him got partnered up that way, which is crazy. When we win a fast time and win fifth in the average, and then win like twelve grand out of there, and we both needed it pretty bad at the time. And then I went to Clay Logan jackpot too, and that was a 
one of the toughest opens I've ever been to. We, we placed at that one too. So we went to three opens in a row. They're all five headers, and we placed at all every single one of them. And I think then I was kind of like, after kind of long start shootout, I was kind of thinking about it. And after Clay Logan, I was kind of like, man, hope, hopefully like this works out for me. Right. And it did. Well, and I think that's that's honestly when the the I really got paying attention to your heel horse because you know obviously we filmed the Lone Star Shootout and I get to do a lot of video editing and go through the runs, and that roping was fast. I mean, mm -hmm. it was it was tough. Yeah, and it, it got really tough. And you guys made a couple of runs in there where he's I mean you're maxing steers out. He's reaching as about as far as he can go on a runner, and I think he had a neck on one, and you come around and and healed him like nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's when you're like, okay, yeah, it's. Yeah. It's looking like a, a team, and is that really kind of like started feeling like, hey, we this feels like we're just man. We the Lone Star Shootout was, I mean, it was one of the biggest wins I would say for me because that's a tough rope and it's a prestigious rope, and I, I would say it is now because it took over the straight. But I, and I did good for him there because I guess kind of the first year, I mean, Morley flew we were seven one, and we were in tough rotation, and we come back and he's like, we need to be short four in this next one. So I was like, okay, we was four two on him. And was an easy steer, right. and I was like, "This guy's got every tool in the bag. Like he can go catch and he can reach." And then we come back the next day and was uh, eleven. We were ten on two, and then it was four in a short round. I think it was like fifteen on three, and went fifth. Right. And but just like like you say, the runs are honestly like you'd think it healing for that guy. It, I mean, it is easy, but I didn't have much time to put a run together with him. Though it was kind of like just rope when we got entered, we rope together. But I mean, to rodeo wise, we rode for I guess we rodeoed for four months and won sixty five thousand. Right. Yeah. I mean, everything has the the team has won great. Yes, sir. I, I've, it's been really impressive, yes, and sir. I think that's that's what's cool about Eric because I think he's a he's a great partner as well as so you to kind of fit the the run together. You know. Yes, sir. Um, with that, you know, like Lone Star Shootout, Clay Logan roping. You know, you kind of get into rope with him. How, what's the, the psychology and the, as far as are you nervous when you're going into that or man do you, do you how did you feel going into starting to jackpot with that guy well uh trying to get too ahead of myself but i was more excited right. because this winter i've been roping them roped every single every roping and jackpot they had this last this last spring in the winter i went to every single one of them i had two horses and i tried to go to every single one of them just so i could get a guy that thought I could catch just so the open guys could see I was catching. Right. And I went to every single jackpot, every Brock, Perrin, you know, it doesn't matter where it was at. I went to try to go to every single jackpot. But then like, when I get a guy like Eric, it makes, honestly, it's, it takes pressure off because I know if I catch, I'm going to get paid because they just do their job every time. So that's why I kind of talk to myself and I'm like, you know what, catch your steers. You don't have to do nothing crazy. You don't have to do nothing any more than you have to just be you and catch your steers and it's gonna be good enough and we didn't we don't we didn't win a lot of first place checks anywhere but we went a lot of fourth fifth sixth place checks a lot that's right. where we made our money and do you think that's what makes him such a great header is mm -hmm. he turn i mean i don't know the numbers but i i mean i think he turns a high percentage of steers i bet our catch percentage this summer was about 70 percent. 70 percent i want to say it was about 70 percent and, and I think 70% rodeoing is, I mean, it's obviously good enough to get to the finals, but, you know, a full year of 70 percentile can realistically have a chance to have you in the top five to 10 in the world. Yes, I think that's, that's about Over that the type. fourth, our catch was 85. 85. Yeah. And, uh. They got enough of a spin steer over the fourth. <laughs> right. Man, that, and I think that, that's the other thing that makes it kind of cool is, 
Did you feel like you guys hit any slumps this summer when you were rodeoing? Or? The last week was the only week we got skunked. Really? The last week of rodeoing is the only week I got skunked. And how many, there's only, what, two or three rodeos last week? Uh, we went to, I think, three or four. Three or four. Then we went to three, yeah. Then we went to Omaha, Kansas City, and uh, Stephenville. Right. And that's right. the only week we got skunked. And, uh, man, obviously, what's it's kind of good. I, I would think you'd have mixed emotions going into this summer because, well, you've got a header that, man, hey, I'm expected to make the finals, but you really didn't have the winter spring that you wanted to have, so you were really far behind. Yes, sir. So what's the mindset going into that, going into that week of Reno? Man, uh, so I'm going to go back even farther. We started at Corpus Christi. Right. We won three grand at Corpus Christi, placed in the second round, when second average. And then I had like 5,500 one after Corpus. And then uh, from Corpus to uh, Reno, to four rodeos, placed every single one of them. I have 11 grand thousand. I have 11 grand at Reno. Eric had, I think he had 11,000 before he even started roping. So right. he had like nine grand more than I did. And then from Reno till uh, after the fourth, I had 26,000 one. Right. And I, I mean, I, I'll never forget this one, dude. Uh, it was at Reno. Mm-hmm. I see you guys, and uh, you weren't up. Well, we were up that day, and you guys had just come from Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. And were you 40% of them at Santa Fe? No, we uh, placed one second round one, I think fourth and average. Okay, okay. I, I know that you just went to like a, a few rodeos, and I'm talking to you about it, and you're like, man, is it? This feels so easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Literally, we went to four rodeos in a row. And he just would just spin the wheels off of him. And I, and I didn't feel like I was throwing fast. I just catching, and we just place, place, place. And it was like, I was like, that's how I was, I was talking to you about. It. I was like, it's not supposed to be this easy. I know it's not, but it feels easy right now. Right. So when's the first time in the summer I was like, man, it's it's kind of rough. When was kind of the one of the first harder moments of the summer that you had? Man, uh, I tell you, the first one was Pinocchio. It was high call at Pinocchio. We won the average. And then I think Mike Beers and his partner was like 8-3. And at Pinocchio, it's a, they run two steers and a short round and then like a final round. And then it's forward, so you have to catch your steer. And I missed that steer Okay. win Pinocchio. So to, to kind of explain that a little bit, uh, it's two and a short. Yes, sir. So all the teams are on two steers. Mm-hmm. And then it's top 12 back to the short Top 12 round. back. And then the top four Come and back the to average – Come back just for a one header, fastest time. Clean slate, one Clean header. Clean slate, one header. Last team to go. First team out, it was it was eight three. We're last team out, and I have to be eight three, and I missed. Right, eight three. Just, just had to catch. Just had to catch a steer for like five six, grand. Right, and I missed. And that and not that I was just like a because I was right before the fourth, and I wasn't like it was this, but it was just one of them deals. I just had to catch. Like it wasn't didn't do nothing crazy. Literally just had to catch a steer a leg. And one, one, three, four grand. What does that do to you after you miss that one? Well, I got in with Brent Hall and Chase Trine. We drove all night to Red Lodge. Right. And it was, it, it was. I don't know. It's, it's hard to sleep on that deal because you know if you mess it, mess up or whatever, but it's it's how I mess up that made me so mad because I mean you just had to catch, but it makes sure makes you get back on your A game and makes you focus and say okay, okay. I mean you got to talk yourself back into you know making sure you get your head clear and ready to run the next one. I mean, you had we had about nine hours for our next one that slack at Red Lodge the next morning. Yeah. And 
I'll tell you what, like we didn't really hit a slump really. That wasn't really a low spot. There was a couple of weeks where we just didn't do as good as we should have done. But I'll tell you what, the only time we didn't win is when I tell you what, like we got spoiled because we had such good fourth. And then third for like three weeks we hardly missed. We just caught, caught, caught. So then we got confident. And then we tried to do too much. Then we're like, okay, we got to get serious. Let's win it on him. You know what I mean? Like we, and then we started pressing, and then that's when we started making mistakes. He'd go a little too fast, and then I'd cut a little too fast, or then he'd make my job a little harder. Or then you know, what I mean, I should throw, and I didn't even throw right there. And then, then we went back to just started catching our steers, like we did when we started. Then that's when we started winning again. Right. But like we still like won decent and would pull checks, but some weeks it went couple hundred some weeks we'd win 2500 in one very good week and then some weeks we'd win four checks and it'd be sixth or tenth place and we win six grand i i man i really believe this uh, the guys with a lot of discipline in their run um about vernal time so that's basically the week or so after the fourth of july mm-hmm. um, it really jumps out to me is you see guys that feel behind yeah and there'll be this I was watching a healer one day, and he's not a guy that cuts it at him like on the first legal. He kind of goes one more jump and just sets it up real good, and his header turns him one off. And I mean, if he fire and he fires it at the steer and ropes a leg, mm-hmm. and if he goes the next jump, it wins a fourth through eighth check, mm-hmm. like they did all last year to make the finals, and they win no money yeah. and they stay behind. And I think that's where uh, a lot of guys fall in that trap as they get pressing so hard that mm-hmm. instead of like oh i need if i win this rodeo mm-hmm. i can win five thousand right here instead there's really only a few steers and a few runs yeah. that you can win rodeos on is, that's, is that, that's is what, that what i had to learn because really like eric and i talked about it, you can only be as fast as a steer lets you be if we draw a loper we're gonna win but if we don't let's go catch him and make our run and if we place great but if not we don't place we have confidence horses are working good we caught this steer Next time we do get the loper, we're both 100% ready to rope him because we're ready because we've been catching our steers. Right. That was why it was so easy. Because over the 4th of July, I think we roped four steers in a row, either one 10th or 11th or 12th was one out. Right. I was one, we was one out at three rodeos and was 10th at one rodeo. And that was four steers in a row. It was like all like around the 4.95 flat, 5.3 range. Four rodeos in a row and didn't win. Only $46. Right. And then... And then by St. Paul, we made the same run, 5-1, 5-2, both rounds on the average. And then it was just like back rolling again, you know what I mean? Because But we were catching our steers where we drew decent, we won. Yeah. That's where that guy's so good because he gives you so many chances. So when you do get the good one, he's ready and he has your man. Whoever's open with him is confident and, and getting spins, so he knows exactly what to do and where to be. Right. What's the biggest thing you kind of learned from him this summer? Man, uh, he uh, he's he's very uh, and he's a uh, shoot. I said like his his highs don't get too high, and his lows don't get too low. That guy, he don't care if we go four six four flat or twelve. He acts the same, and like you see a lot of guys, their highs get high and their lows get low, and I think that's what separates him from a lot of people because he is the same person every day, whether we win or lose or miss or draw or whatever. Right. I think that's what I literally picked up on him. Because not that I would get that way, but I just would see him and, you know, he'd miss two in a row and he never missed two in a row and he'd still be cracking jokes and ready to run the next one. And it gives me confidence because I know if that guy misses two in a row, that third one is going to get spun for money because he don't, 
you don't hardly mess up that many times in a row. Right. And I think that's something a guy really can apply as well is understanding that that, hey, it we can only rope the series that we got, like mm-hmm. you say, but if we go up and down and start getting too confident and like oh. And it's like it's mm-hmm. and not really staying focused and disciplined. Yeah. It can get you as well as the other way when you're like, man, this has been terrible. And then you start pressing, and mm-hmm. it's that's when it. Yeah. I mean, that's really when the wheels fall that's off. When you snowball. Yep. And I think honestly, I think that's where you separate the the great headers and the great healers from everyone else. Is the guys that can miss. I mean, it don't really matter how many they miss because they believe they can get out of it. Would right. you agree with that? I 100 percent agree with that. Because there's a reason, the reason why them guys make the finals every year that do. Right. There's a reason. And, of course, there's a couple newcomers every now and then have a couple of big hits. But there's a reason why Eric, Luke, Paul, Jade, Clay, there's a reason why they make the finals every single year. And it's, you can almost guarantee them a spot every year. And it's, they have their run. They mm-hmm. stay within it. Even yeah. if it's not working, they stay They stay yeah. true to it from, yeah. you know, Odessa till what, yes, you know, the yeah. very end, Stephenville or something. Yeah, they, they act the same and they rope the same. They don't, like they say, they don't change. Right. All right. So this year, obviously, is, I mean, it's a good year. Yes, sir. But win Rookie of the Year and going into the last couple of weeks or even up to the kind of the Pendleton point, there was really – I mean, it was teetering whether I, I mean, you guys were going to make it or not. And there's a few things that I thought, man, honestly, I think it kind of sucks from just my opinion is they counted so many rodeos and there was a lot of money that normally wouldn't be there mm-hmm. and guys that maybe wouldn't have spots, which I'm not saying they don't deserve them mm-hmm. because they still won and, and they're there and it's great for a rodeo to win more money. Yes, sir. But it made it to where there was, it was quite a lot. It's, double, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, yeah. it really is. I mean, you're already counting 65, and with American count and Houston count, and, and then that's two spots right there. Yep. So yep. it's like, I was talking to uh, one of my buddies about it. It's like you almost want a Jade Corkill Paulie's Jr. You almost want them to win those because you know they're going to make it anyway. Right. But then you got a guy like Kyle Lockett that just hangs around California, ropes amazing, wins Houston, he's in. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one spot taken away. And not that he doesn't deserve it by no means. I mean, he he heals amazing, and I think that guy's still top fifteen header if he wants healer if he wants to go. But like I said, that's one spot, and then the American, you're giving away two spots. So really, you're only going. There's only not the open spots anymore. There's about four or five, you can say spots that you got to fight for. So it, it does change it a little bit. Right. Well, it just basically what it hap- what happened to you specifically is it puts you even further behind the eight ball. Yes, sir. Is where you yeah. don't you didn't have a good winner, yeah. and then you didn't have that fifty thousand. Didn't get hit. anywhere either. Yeah. yeah. The winner, you know. Didn't get to go to San Antonio. Didn't even get to try it on at Houston. Uh, so that you didn't even get chances at a few of those. And then it's like I mean, like you guys said, you had a sixty five thousand dollars summer. Is that is that how much? We we won sixty five thousand in four months. In four months, and usually with a seventy five rodeo count. Right around sixty five thousand is is 65. in yeah is in yep. in the NFR. I mean, mm-hmm. I, they say seventies ticket punched sixty five. Yeah. It can kind of you know you might yeah. need sixty six or sixty seven yeah. uh, depending on the year. But and so that that's what kind of makes it tough. Is it's like all right going into those last few weeks like oh you just feel like it, you were just going to get over the hump yeah. and be in and then everyone is just continue to have mm-hmm. a lot of you know it's yeah, it's, it's tough. Kind of funny it is like after a. Kennewick, I was like 24th. I stayed around 24th to 16th pretty much all year after, you know, the 4th. And then after Kennewick, we won 15,000. Right. 
on the on the average in first round and at Kennewick and then one fifth at San Juan and we had us a fourteen fifteen thousand dollar week and moving all the way to sixteenth in the world and then I, and I was within striking distance and then uh, after Pendleton I think I was still sixteenth right and then uh, last like last uh, then I went twenty five hundred Amarillo we went third at Amarillo and like that was a big one and then that was the last check we won was at Amarillo. Right, and but after Amarillo, there's only what three or four rodeos. Four. Well, especially me because I had college rodeos to go to, right. and then I didn't have many rodeos left. And I got and Steveville was my 65th rodeo, so right. I had we had it planned out for Steveville be my last one, and then uh, but yeah. So, how how's the outlook on those last couple weeks? Are you do you change your mindset? Are you relaxed? Is it? I mean, when it's it's close enough to making the finals, mm-hmm. uh, are you confident going into it, or does it your Man, routine change up? No, and it didn't work out for us. Right, it worked out. Uh, Eric made, but it didn't work out for me. But I tell you what, I left everything I had in the arena and didn't have no regrets. And I lost a leg at Kansas City to probably help my chances if you know going to Stephenville. And I lost a leg, healed him fast, and lost a leg. But it's just you can't back off. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I just tried to stay just as aggressive that I have been all year. But I stayed just as confident, rode just the same, and threw the same spot. You know, I mean, I didn't have no fear. And, you know, if I don't make it, I don't make it. But it doesn't define me who I am as a roper. But I, I try to stay just as aggressive as I did all year long. And then, you know, the cards didn't play my way and didn't, didn't make it. But Right. So it goes back to like what we talked about in our and in, even in the previous podcast and, and all the time is you have a process mm-hmm. and you've worked it to this point and you just trust it mm-hmm. and continue. And this is this was the main reason why I was like, man, I wanted to do it right now and mm-hmm. kind of get with you because you just come off not making the NFR, win rookie of the year, which is a, a great accomplishment. But being that close to making the finals has yeah. to, I mean, it has to. Yeah, hurt. Eric Rogers had for you. I mean. You want to make finals. You want to make finals. You're, you're supposed to make finals. Yep. And so that is a huge – it's a it's a pivotal moment. Mm-hmm. And it's – your outlook from here is so important to understand. So how – what is your mindset? As soon as – I mean, it's over. I'm sure you take a little bit of time to be like, oh, man, I, I was pretty burnt out. I don't really want to think about it. Right. But once you're kind of like ready to be, get back after it, what is your – what's your mindset like now? Um, I would say it, you know, my whole, like, even, like, starting at Odessa, you know, like, my goal is make finals, but then, like, now that I, like, then once I started, me and Eric did so good, whatever, you know, won 65,000 four months, and then it was, like, it fueled another fire, like, you know what I mean, it got me that more, like, excited, and it kind of woke me up a little bit, like, like, your run is good, and, you know, you can do it, and, you know, your place in all the rodeos, all the all the guys, you know, and then it went it went from zero to hundred. I'd say real quick, like it went from you know not having a chance to having a chance to almost I mean just come up short. But now it just I feel like it feels another fire because now in the off season I've been roping every day and still gonna go to the jackpots. And then now I think if Odessa was tomorrow, I'd be ready to run that steer. Like I'm 100% ready to run that steer at Odessa because you know it fueled the fire for me. You know because yeah it was a great year. You know, won sixty-seven thousand for the year on the rookie, but I'm not satisfied with it because it wasn't it wasn't really fulfill my goal. But I know that you know I feel like there's better things that's going to happen in my career this next year. Right, and I think the other thing that's uh, important for people to understand, and as well what I see with you is it's not the goal is not to make the NFR one time. No, 
right? Yeah. It's it's a career of healing, right? No, yes, sir. Yeah, my I feel like my goal next year is to be top five in the world. Right. I got a top five header. My goal is, and I get in everywhere, so I feel like that's that's my goal. Yep. And you know, this sets up my this year really set me up, especially for this next year. But now I get in everywhere for the rest of my life as long as I have you know keep having good years. But now I'm in every time all all winter long everywhere I go. So now it's like it was like a ticket in a way. So now I'm just I can go all year and I'll have can't start late and I can start just right with everybody and I feel like now I'm on a pretty level playing field. Right. And do you think that that mindset of hey this is we're trying to we're trying to be able to to set up a career out of mm-hmm. your healing and set up for a successful career, not just one year flashing the pan, making the finals, yes, sir. but you have a heel horses ready to go. Yeah. Everything's ready. That started how long ago? 10 years ago, five years ago. Right. I, I mean, mean, yeah, I mean, every, every young person my age, you know, I'm sure they have the same, same goals and everything and, you know, do the same things probably I do, but you know, I feel like that's where like, I'm, I'm blessed because, I got four horses and an amazing partner. Right. And I have, and I'm, like, I, that, this is, I got horses set up, you know, and I got a partner. I, I'm, I'm set up for five, six, seven years out on the road right now. Right. And I think that's, that's important to understand is because it, it doesn't really matter what happens this year. You, you're ready and you know anything can happen. And obviously you guys could have a bad year, but it won't stop. And no. I think that's, no. that's the important thing is you could be right where you're at again at this time next year. And I still feel like you'd be ready to heal that steer, wouldn't you say? Yes, sir. Odessa? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, that's one thing, too. Like, I went with Eric all summer long. And everybody, like, first first time out of the gates going the rookie year, I've heard good and bad stories, but mainly bad. Like, everybody's like, you know, I'm not doing that again. Like, they got a bad, you know, a bad taste in their mouth. But me, it was the opposite. Like, I was blessed. Like, I had a great taste in my mouth. had a great partner. got to go with him. And like I said, and, and everybody's like, you miss it? Like, you ready to be home? I'm like, honestly, I feel worthless being home because ha- I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I'm just hanging out the house and roping, and I don't feel like I'm, I'm I don't feel like I'm doing anything productive. Right. Because you know you're used to going three, four a week, and so like, yeah, it is nice to be home and everything, but I love it out there, and I, I mean, I really truly enjoyed it. It's good. You never burnt out. Dry. No. I mean, did no sir. He he did a lot of the driving too. Though. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he he he's he's set in his ways. We listen prime country, and he drives all day. And I might get the next shift. Yeah, a lot of prime country. A lot and... of prime country. That's all we listen to. <laughs> Man, that, that's pretty awesome, right yep. there. I well, I I really appreciate you doing the podcast, man. I think it's uh, I think that's been the biggest thing is I wanted to kind of dive into that that mindset and and being essentially process and believing in the work and and just trusting that oh last thing i, I wanted to ask and i kind of want to start doing this in the podcast top five healers all time who do you got top five healers all time yep right now uh obviously champ yep uh jade okay. rich and then i have to say paul paul leaves mm-hmm. and then junior that's I, I like that. It's fun. I, I get to talk to the guys about the list, but mm-hmm. and you get like when you get diving into it, like I one guy that I always think about is like Corey Petska. Mm-hmm. He, like man, I think that guy's all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he might I, he's in my got to be in my top three, but there's mm-hmm. there's there's a few of those guys like that. Who do you, who do you got in pro fantasy? Who's your pro fantasy NFR team this year? Man, I, I watched a lot, all them guys go all year long, and that Clay Smith. 
is nothing nice with the head rope. And Jade, obviously, the same way it goes for him. We was up a lot of the same places that they was over the fourth. And that Clay Smith is amazing. Right. Not that Jade is not amazing, but that Clay Smith, I mean, that guy spins tears all the time, all year round. And he did an amazing job there last year. I think it's hard to bet against him. Yeah, it's uh, man, I was I was just talking not, about not that earlier, but yeah, yeah, it's I mean everyone that's at the finals, it, it, honestly, guys have bad weeks that you're like, man, how did they have a bad week? Mm-hmm. And it, it can go that way. I mean, mm-hmm. it's rodeo. You can have a bad week and you can have a great week, and and there's teams that go up and down. But I have to say, Clay Smith's heading is like it's like man, you combined a few of the headers like you combine Trevor Brazil's horsemanship and how he's handled steers and finishes mm-hmm. runs with how Clay Tryon heads on the game with a, a, a kid that's got offense he can do, too. He can do everything. It's like, yeah, he it's, can do everything. I wouldn't bet against him. That's no. all I'm saying. No, I can't. <laughs> God, like all, literally, I think I was everywhere. He was over the fourth. I think I, I didn't see him mess up one time. Right. Not once. He just spun steers. I think it's, it's amazing. And they were for first too. Yeah, he's he's got some unreal uh, how he gets it out of his horses on the scores. Amazing yeah. too. Yeah, he's got one of the best horses, maybe yes, all sir. time. Yes, sir. Man, well, I appreciate it. That was yeah. pretty fun. Uh, so there you go. We got our pro fantasy rodeo picks in. There you go. <laughs> Don't forget to review us on here. One to five stars doesn't matter to me. You let me know how you feel about it. We're always trying to give you good content and provide the best stuff out there. So thank you very much for listening.